I'm not trying to convince anyone to go quit their job. If you want to quit your job, there are ways to do that, right? But there are also ways to focus on making your side hustle profitable nights and weekends. And it's called time blocking. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with the fabulous Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? Fantastic. I um, was going to tell you before we started recording earlier, but we actually went berry picking this morning with the family and we picked all kinds of stuff, not just strawberries, because I know in the Bay Area, they have a lot of strawberry picking, but we were able to pick raspberries too, which I discovered through eating them that the yellow ones, which I had no idea are like 10 times sweeter than the red ones. I had no idea. So my son and I walked around and just stood there picking all the yellow ones, but it was so fun. Have you ever picked a raspberry (laughs) off the vine? No, I haven't. Oh my God. Gosh, you got to go try it. I don't know if there's anywhere in the Bay Area to do it, but it's the most satisfying thing to like pluck a raspberry. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like there's a stem like Mm -hmm. everyone listening can't see what I'm doing, but there's a stem that's inside of the raspberry. You know how you do raspberry fingers and you put the raspberry on top of it? And Uh that's because Uh there's a stem that goes inside the raspberry. So when you pluck the raspberry, you're actually pulling it off this long stem. And so it's just so satisfying because when it's really ripe, it just kind of just gently falls off that little stem and it's so fun. Yeah. You got to try it. Oh, that (laughs) sounds amazing. And yellow strawberries or yellow raspberries. Yellow raspberries. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I always love when we go cherry picking, I always go for the Rainier cherries, mainly because Mm -hmm. with young kids, I reason with the yellow ones, they can't stay in their clothes. So got it. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. We tried, I don't know if you've tried Mount Hood strawberries. They are, they're supposed to be like the sweetest strawberries in the world, I think, because the sugar content is really high. So they're like, you bite into it and it tastes the way that when you see really big, juicy strawberries, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you bite into it and it's like so bitter, but this one like tastes the way that you would think it would, should taste because it's just so sweet. Oh my gosh. So, oh, my mouth is watering. I'm going to have to go get, uh, (laughs) now I got to hang for, for all sorts of berries now. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Well, how fun. I know that you're enjoying that time with your family and it, that's Mm -hmm. so much of what we preach and we talk about and we, we build our business around at Good Egg Invest is just our lifestyle and our business Mm -hmm. supporting that and not the other way around. I think so many entrepreneurs fall into the trap of which we did early on as well, not having a clear goal and then just going into that hamster wheel because there's always more and more to do as an entrepreneur. There's never an end. And so that's exactly what we talk about with our guest today, Joe Evangelisti. He's the host of the Legacy Blueprint podcast. He's also a real estate investor, a business owner, and a high-performance coach. And he really, man, we've talked a lot about mindset on this podcast, but he really took it a step further, not just mindset, but strategies and tools and figuring out how to time block so you're spending your time effectively. And then he talks about the trifecta, which includes execution, among other things, to make sure that you're really making the most 
of the time that you're spending, whether it's on your business or with your family or working out or just taking care of yourself, but really being intentional about your goals and where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Joe had said that he owns, I think he said four seven figure mm-hmm. businesses. So if there's anyone out there who is an investor, an entrepreneur like Joe is, definitely take the time to listen. We talked about some of what Annie was talking about, what he calls his five roads to victory to create and unlock your full potential in life. And wow, I mean, all of those things are so central to stuff that we talk about in our coaching program as well. We don't just give you the strategies and the tools and teach you how to do it, but we also emphasize so much on the mindset, like Annie was saying, so that's a super big part of it as well. But I thought what was really interesting in Joe's story, what we spent a good amount of time talking about in the first half of the show was on the ability to course correct and pivot when it's time to do that. And I think oftentimes, as he alluded to, sometimes people are afraid to do that. And if you don't see that maybe things aren't working out or things aren't heading in the right direction, or and you don't recognize that maybe you need to pivot and knowing when and knowing and then taking the action to pivot is such a big thing. Thing. And Joe was able to do that sounds like two times. And I'm sure that's what has allowed him to have the success that he has today. So that was one big thing that I took away from the show was just remembering to keep in mind this idea of course correction and pivoting when the time is right. So Mm -hmm. That's speaking of which, that's exactly what happened to us with real estate investing is I thought at a certain point, I thought, well, with kids and busy family, I can't, I can't invest in real estate anymore. I just don't have the time. And that's when we pivoted and we discovered passive investing and real estate syndications, which as Joe talks about, real estate is one of the best ways to build wealth, whether you own your own business, whether you work a W-2 job. Wherever you are in life, real estate is a great investment. And so for all of our listeners out there, if you're new to the world of real estate syndications, a great place to start is to get a copy of our book. It's called Investing for Good. And we have a free hardcover copy for all of you. Just go to goodegginvestments.com slash book. And with that, let's dive into our conversation with Joe Evangelisti. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, Joe is a high-performance coach. I know that your mission is to assist real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and business professionals in exercising their true power and finding their hidden potential. I love that. Mm -hmm. To achieve more success, wealth, and freedom than they ever thought possible. Now, I know that you are also a real estate investor yourself and that you run multiple successful businesses. So start by taking us back earlier in your story. So growing up, did you always know that you wanted to become an entrepreneur and get into real estate or how did that come to be part of your story? My story really started with construction, right? So my dad was the first generation entrepreneur. He was a drywall contractor turned general contractor. And my parents were divorced when I was a kid. And so my first experiences as a kid, whenever I was with my dad, nights and weekends, whatever it was, he was always like this guy that worked seven days a week on construction sites. So I was always on construction sites and I absolutely loved it. Like I enjoyed big commercial, residential, didn't matter what it was. I just like being dirty. I like walking around job sites. I liked 
watching stuff go up, watching stuff get built. And ultimately, that concept of seeing something start from nothing and become something great or become something finished. And so I just had that bug from an early age. I always wanted to do it. And I was lucky enough right outside of high school, I also had this like need to want to serve my country too. And I couldn't figure out how to like make the two things play off each other. And I got lucky finding out right out of high school that I joined what we call the US Navy Seabees, right? So the Navy actually has this like special forces department that does construction inside of the Navy, never goes on boats, never goes on ships. We fly everywhere. But I was actually a builder in the US Navy for about six years. And I got to fly around the world. I got to go and build stuff. I got to learn how to do concrete and construction and carpentry and finished carpentry and drywall and trim and all the stuff like you would think like a normal builder would do, like a general contractor would do. I did that for the US military. And so I had an amazing tour. It taught me tons of discipline, obviously, and leadership and all that t- those types of skills. But in the back of my mind, knew I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to kind of follow my dad's footsteps. So kind of quickly after out of the military, I did a little bit of government contract work. I did some construction project management, but pretty quickly got into flipping real estate. I marvel at how when you put that thought out there, you're like, I want to do this. I want to build things. I want to do things sort of like my dad did, but I also have this hankering to mm-hmm. serve, right? And then life just puts the right opportunity in your path. It just, it blows me away how that happens. I'm um, a huge believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you had an incredible time. What a great start to your career. But tell our listeners, okay, so you served for a period of time, but you knew that you wanted to own your own business. What was it about being an entrepreneur that was such a draw for you? Well, I mean, selfishly, I never wanted to work for people, even though like in the military, it's kind of a catch-22, right? Because you work for people, obviously, there's a rank and file system. And obviously, I worked for people for six years. And I don't have a problem necessarily working for people, but I always wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be my own leader. I wanted to go out and step out and do my own thing. And so I just had a calling to own my own business and do my own thing and create my own rules and find my own problems and solve my own problems and be out on my own and do my own thing. And so initially, I was drawn to real estate because... Growing up, it was like, if you ask anybody, how do you create real wealth? How do you create real money? Everyone goes back to, well, you have to build real estate. You have to create real estate. You have to build a portfolio. You have to get into real estate in some way, shape, or form. And so I tell people, I I got into it at a very lucky time because I got in in 07, right? And so I thought at that time, I did everything wrong. I bought it with my own money. I did all the work myself. Like I knew how to do construction, but I didn't know logistically how to do mortgages and how to deal with the paperwork side and all that kind of stuff. I just knew how to swing a hammer, essentially, right? So I thought I was going to take all my money. I was going to dump it into real estate. I was going to flip it. I was going to make X amount more money. I was going to be rich in two years and figure out what I was going to do with all my time. And of course, we got caught up in the 07, 08 collapse. Stuff started to soften. We were probably three deals in when it really hit hard. And we had to pivot. We had to do what I call today, I call course correction, right? We thought we were going to flip houses and make money. And then inevitably, I had to put tenants in there. I had to refinance. I had to stabilize the asset. I had to become a landlord. None of this stuff at the beginning. Is there any? I wanted no parts of any of these things. But I had to overnight make these course corrections in order to keep essentially from being bankrupt because the houses that we were flipping were either worth as much or slightly less than what we had into them. So there was no selling them off and getting my money back at that point. We had to, to make a move. So, so that's what we did. That's what we did to keep ourselves alive. Wow. What timing indeed. I want to pull that out for our listeners, that course correction. 
that ability to pivot and not just throw in the towel, but to really analyze the situation and say, okay, what else could I do? And having that resourcefulness to be able to flex and think on your feet, that is so valuable to an entrepreneur, indeed to any story, any success. And it's something that we talk about in our business and we talk about with our coach all the time. It's not about resources, it's about resourcefulness. And it sounds like at that time when things were, I mean, the world was falling apart all around you. Here you are, you're like, okay, I'm starting my business. I'm doing this new venture. I'm finally doing this thing. And it's hard enough as it is to start a business at any time. But here you are in 07, 08, the world's falling apart around you. And so you had three deals. You were thinking you would flip the deals. And what's also interesting about this is that I think most people are on the opposite end of the spectrum. They don't know how to do the construction. They might know some basics about fixing and flipping, but I think that's where most people get really nervous. So it's really interesting to hear you say, well, you knew that part, but it was the other half of it that you didn't know. And so 08 happened, you had these three deals and what market were you in? We're in South Jersey market right outside of Philadelphia, a single family market. And we kind of rode that out. I did what it took to get to survive. I, I bartended. I got my real estate license. I started selling real estate and, you know, as a commission agent. I did broker's price opinion business, did all these different things. I was young and trying to figure things out at that point. But fast forward three or four years, we're flipping again. The market had softened. We were able to buy things a little bit cheaper. We were able to get back into the flip business. And I had a second pivot at one point, a few years into my business where I, at that level, now I'm chasing, right? And I'm sure a lot of people have found themselves in this place where now I had to establish three or four different businesses, but I was putting in as many hours as it took to make it happen. Right. And so Annie, it was like one of these things where it was like, I'll do 60 hours this week. I'll do 70 hours this week. I'll do as many hours as it takes. I'll call my wife and tell her I can't, I can't be home for dinner. Now I have two little girls. I have two dogs. I have a new wife. I have a new home. I have a mortgage payment. And now I'm just making excuses for why it is that I have to continue to be on this mouse wheel and run as fast as humanly possible. And it was about that time where I had my second major pivot because I basically almost had a stress-induced meltdown. I came to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm way overweight. I'm not feeling good. I'm not eating well. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not surrounded by the right people. And again, it was one of those things where it's like, how many hours can I put in to make this thing right? And it wasn't about the amount of leverage of time. I knew I had to take a step back and I had to reset the clock. And that's where the second kind of course correction came in. And I realized I got to do better. I got to do these things different. It's not about chasing the money, right? It's about making things more effective and more efficient. So now I can have businesses that surround my lifestyle rather than just a life that's being thrown into business. And that's when I stopped chasing and I started making things a little bit more effective. It's such a valuable lesson that I think every entrepreneur goes through at some point. I certainly did. I remember when I quit my job to start a business, I told my family, now I'll have more time. Now I'll have more time to spend with all of you. We can travel, we can do all these things, right? And now we've gotten to that point, but it certainly took a lot to get here. That mouse wheel for sure. I definitely felt that. Julia's felt that before. And if you've never started a business before, have never owned a business, you only have the perception of what you hear about business owners, that they're sitting in this ivory tower, they're like on the beach, their business runs itself. But when you get into it, when you really start a business, it's night and day. And so it really takes that grind, that hustle to make this dream a reality. 
Well, you know, the worst part too is everyone, when you ask them, well, why do you do it? They say, I do it for my family or I do it for my kids. And then in the meantime, behind the scenes, you're missing soccer practice and you're not coming home for dinner and you're not spending time and your kids are glued to her iPad. They're eating dinner on the couch and they're not, they're not relating to you. And there's no one-on-one in the background, like your family's cheering you on. Like I had my family literally not to their fault, but like they would make excuses. Like Joe's not going to be at the barbecue, but he's so busy because he's doing his thing, right? He's being the entrepreneur and it's okay. He's allowed to miss the barbecue. And it was like, no, like I don't want you guys to make excuses for why I'm being a bad father or I'm being a bad husband or I'm not being a good cousin or a a brother. Like I need to be there for these things. And so it's almost like this catch 22 because people want to support you, which is awesome, but they're really almost supporting like your faults. You know what I mean? And like, that's not why we set out to do these things. I want a business that supports the life that I want so I can be a great dad and be a great husband and be there for my family. And that's where the, the real major shift came for me is when I made those decisions to make that my priority. So tell us more about that. So you made this, you had this realization, you were like, wait a second, my business is supposed to be serving me, not the other way around. And so then what did you do? How did you claw your way out of that? (laughs) Yeah, it was really came from finally stepping back and realizing that I need help. I need to hire people. So that's when I started really getting into hiring coaches, getting into mastermind groups, surrounding myself with the right people. And it took a couple of years to figure all these things out to where I started to design, like I said, these businesses that supported my lifestyle instead of supporting my habits, my bad habits, right? And so I really, over the course of time, started to boil it down to five things that I think really make the game-changing shifts in people. And this is really what I coach on nowadays, creating what I call unlocking your true potential. And so when people think about, I want to make more money, or I want to create more time, or I want to have more energy, or whatever it is. It's what I call the five roads to victory. And it's kind of a throwback to the CBs that I used to be in because they had the five roads to victory back in World War II. But these are the five roads to victory in your life, right? That create and unlock your true potential. And so really the first one, what it starts out with, Eddie, is your mindset, right? Because so many people, unfortunately, they get stuck in a place where they think, I'm not smart enough, or I don't have enough education. I don't have enough training. I don't have enough ability, or I don't have the right energy level, or I don't have the team to support me, or I don't have the money. Like They always convince themselves of these things. Everybody has something. (laughs) And this is the number one thing I see holding so many folks back because I use this analogy all the time. Every one of us has had this, right? I don't know where you have your great ideas. I have mine like either in the shower or when I'm driving. Yes, I slack Julie all the time after I have a shower thought and they're they're like wild off the wall ideas, but sometimes they're crazy enough to work. (laughs) But sometimes they work, right? But here's what happens in the shower, right? You have the great idea and you're like, man, I'm going to change major things, right? This is going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And what's the first thing that happens after that? You start having a voice in your head, right? And a voice starts saying, yeah, but you know what? You don't have the resources for that. And you know what? You've never done this before. That's pretty scary. And you know what? Is your husband going to support this? Or are your kids going to think you're crazy if you fail at this? Like, is your team going to be rallying around this? Are they excited about this? Maybe this is just a pipe dream. Maybe you shouldn't do it. And so when we talk about this. We talk about this. This is called rationalizing, right? Our brain is rationalizing our great idea. And if you break that into two words, Annie, we call these rational lies, Right? We're telling ourselves rational lies about why it is that we shouldn't commit to our dreams. We shouldn't go for greatness. We shouldn't make these things happen. And so our mindset has got to change. Our story has to change. Who we are has to change. We have to decide that we're not going to allow our past to hold us to where we are today. So Tony Robbins has this great saying. He says, the past cannot control you unless you choose to live there. 
right? And our mindset is really based off past experiences, right? The things that are holding you back are the things, maybe traumatic events, or maybe a tough experience, or maybe you failed a few times, or somebody said no and slammed the door in your face. And so now when you have these great ideas, what happens is you start reflecting back onto those tough times that you had, and then you hold yourself back from moving forward, right? Really true peak performers, they live in today and tomorrow. And that's it. That's their mindset. Where am I at today? And how far can I go tomorrow? Not where I was, because none of that means anything. Mm-hmm. Could not have said it better. Those rational lies. Oh, so good. And you're absolutely right. Because as this happens every time, as soon as you have that thought, right? You're like, this is going to be brilliant. And mm-hmm. then immediately your brain just starts rationalizing and saying, oh, but this, oh, yeah. but that. And very quickly, if, if you're not aware that that's happening, very quickly, you're going to talk yourself right out of that great idea. And most of the times it is a fantastic idea. If you just follow through with it, you make it happen. It will, it, it's your future. But if you live in the past and you keep thinking, oh, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. This is holding me back then you're never going to take that step. And and that's so true. It's so applicable for real estate investors because we hear it all the time that the risk, right? The risk, or I don't know enough, or I haven't had enough experience. And so talk to us a little bit about, you mentioned one of the first things you did was you Mm -hmm. hired a coach. So Mm -hmm. tell us about that experience, especially now that you are a coach yourself. What Mm -hmm. is the value of coaching and mindset when you're trying to embark on something complex or something new? Yeah. So every client has different needs, right? Has different mindset blockers, right? So there's something that's holding you back. I want to look at the obstacles that are holding you back. What are your values? What are the things that keep you locked into that mindset? Maybe what are your limiting beliefs or your past experiences that are kept you in this experience? For me, it happened to be people. It was the leverage of people that was holding me in place, right? I didn't have enough team. I didn't have the right people in the right places. Now I call it putting aces in their places, right? In the last five, six, seven years, I've actually, I, I, I consider myself an expert in finding great people and putting them in the right place to make it happen. Uh, it took me, it took me a long time, a lot of trial and error, hiring the right people, finding people, not easy. You know, going yeah. through people, trying to, trying to figure out how to do this. But back when I started, I was horrible with it. Right. So what my first coach did was he helped me unlock the people mindset, right. The realizing that people are an investment. They're not a risk. They're not just throwing money at them. They're not a commodity that to be used up and spit out, right? Trying to create alignment with people's outcomes so that their outcome is in alignment with the company's outcome. And then that's what creates real culture, right? And creates that bonding effect that people want to be part of something bigger than them. That's what great leaders and great visionaries do is create culture around that business. And so it took me a long time to figure that out and a lot of trial and error, but that's what my first great coach did for me, which was, was unlock the people perspective. But again, for mindset, everybody's different. Some people have a horrible mindset about money. They don't understand that it's a tool. They have a paycheck to paycheck, a systematic approach to, I got to get to Friday. I got to get to Friday. I got to yes, we have to unlock that. It might be a money problem. It might be a time problem. It might be a people leverage problem. There's so many different aspects that mindset affects when it comes to coaching clients such a key insight there. So for our listeners who are listening to this and maybe they're not aware what's holding them back, how do they go about discovering that? 
Yeah, well, that actually happens for, it's funny you use the word discovery. We call it a discovery call, right? When I spend the first 45 minutes with somebody, it's about really doing what we call a deep dive and figuring out what is it that's holding you back? What are the obstacles that are in front of you? We call them the big dominoes, right? You've probably heard the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. He talks about what's that one domino you knock down. Maybe 99% of the dominoes wouldn't even need to be knocked down because you move that one needle. And so a lot of times, I'm getting ahead of myself because it's like the, uh, the, the fourth thing in my operation, but a lot of times what happens is, um, when we don't have the proper strategy to do things, right? We're, we're, we're task driven instead of outcome driven. Well, it's actually number two out of my line, it's strategy, right? When we're, when we're task driven, um, a lot of people do busy work to make themselves feel good instead of doing productive work, right? So I have this saying that a lot of the people who are putting out fires all day long, the secret firefighters that like pride themselves on putting out fires, you ever have these people in your life that are like, I was so busy today, right? Well, they're the secret <laughs> yep. arsonists. They're behind the building. They're lighting matches, right? So the next day they can be like, yeah, put out fires. I've never met a firefighter, not a, a real firefighter, obviously. We're not talking about real firefighters. Those are heroes. But I'm talking about business firefighters that would actually move the needle, right? Those people never move the needle. Those people are never productive. You never see those people and like, damn, I want to be like you one day, right? You never do. Those are the people who are just sweating all day long. And then they're, then they're making excuses for why they don't perform properly, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. be those people. We want productivity. So what we do is we focus on what we call high income and high achievement activities, things that are actually going to help you get closer to your goal, right? So being outcome driven and not task focused, right? We don't want to live off of a to-do list. I want to live off of a goal list. What's going to get you 1% closer to your goal every day? Not just keep you making it feel like you're busy. We'll get back to our conversation with Joe in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now, back to our chat with Joe Evangelisti. Mm-hmm. 
And so for our listeners who are entrepreneurs, I'm sure this resonates very deeply with them. What about our listeners who still have a W-2, who have never ventured out to start a business? Does this still apply to them? A hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. Because, and I'm jumping ahead again, but number four is what I call control the clock, right? And the controlling the clock aspect is this. We all have, what are the best performing teams in the planet to sports teams, right? The Tom Brady's of the world. What do they know how to do really, really well? He's down by 21 points in the third quarter. He's not sweating. He's not putting his head down going, oh, the game's over, right? He knows exactly how much time is on the clock. And so he knows he can run the ball and he can slow the clock down, right? He can throw the ball. He can get in the end zone. Maybe he gets the ball back and he can do it again. So he knows how to control the clock. Well, Annie, you and I and Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and every other famous person, anyone you've ever looked up to has the rule of 168. And the rule of 168 says that there are 168 hours in every week. Okay. You have to pay bills. You have to sleep, right? You have to shower, brush your teeth. You have to eat. You have to figure out how to do all those things. But you also have to do the high income needle moving activities we talked about before, right? You have to take care of yourself. You have to go to the gym. You have to read books. You have to become a better leader. You have to become a better husband, a better wife, a better mother, a better brother, a better sister, a better cousin, right? You have to become a better entrepreneur. And so we have to focus on how we're going to get closer to our goals each and every week. And when we turn around and, and waste that time, right? There's a reason why these super successful people that we look up to, they're not spending 16 hours a week on Netflix, right? And you're allowed to have downtime, right? But how much time, this is what uh, we look at a lot of times, where are we focusing our lifestyle time, right? Because becoming a better person is what makes you more financially motivated. So let's talk about these W-2 folks for a second. I'm not trying to convince anyone to go quit their job. If you want to quit your job, there are ways to do that right? But there are also ways to focus on making your side hustle profitable nights and weekends. And it's called time blocking, right? But just like you time block your time to work on your side hustle, you need to time block time to date your husband, to date your wife, to spend time with your kids, to have family dinners, to make it to soccer practice, to go to the gym, to work on your body, to work on your mind, to meditate, to sweat, right? There's all these things that have to go into that 168. And if you don't block the time to do it, when is it going to get done, right? So we don't want to miss the high gain activities because we slept too late or because we stayed up watching Netflix the night before. And, and we all have these slips, right? But we got to get back on the horse. We got to go back into our activities as soon as possible. So I have a question for you. So if you have one sure. person who like comes to you and says, like one of your coaching clients comes to you and says, hey, Joe, all of this sounds really great, but I literally have maybe five hours a week. I work a W-2. I have multiple children mm -hmm. at home and I'm trying to do my side hustle. I'm trying to start up a capital raising business. And the reason I'm asking is on behalf of our coaching clients. I'm curious to hear what yeah. your response is because I get this over the last week, I have literally gotten this question like like five to 10 times yeah. from different people. And they're like, Julie, look, yeah. all I have is like two hours in the week. So yeah, taking time for yourself, like yoga, meditation, like husband, wife time, all of that sounds great. But when you have two hours a week to build your side hustle, how do you do that? What's the most effective path forward for people to utilize the two to five hours that they have a week to start this side hustle? First thing I want to do is I want to see their calendar because I'll show them my calendar and I don't have 15 minute gaps anywhere in my entire calendar. Yeah. Right. So you have to learn by leading. You have to lead first. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying you're not leading, by the way, Joe, I'm not putting you on the spot, but yeah. like the way that I coach is the way that I live. So I don't teach theory. I teach what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I'm telling people to control the clock, it's because I massively control my clock. 
Yep. And it's because I believe in it because I know what the kind of output it is by I get. I run four seven-figure businesses. I do that by controlling the clock relentlessly every single day of my life, right? Yeah. I want my coaching clients to do the same thing if they want the results. When someone says they have two hours a week to me, because we have 168 hours, right? So carve it out. If it's important to you, you'll make it happen. You'll figure yeah. it out, mm-hmm. right? You'll start to meal prep so you don't have to cook dinner every night. You'll start to, to go to a closer gym or work out in your garage so you don't have to drive mm-hmm. back and forth. You'll start yeah. to sleep less, right? Yeah. I sleep sometimes four hours a night. Oh and, gosh, and I have no so problem lucky. with that. And then, <laughs> and then every five days, like last night, last night I slept 10, 12 hours, yeah. right? So sometimes I'll just do a catch-up day of sleep. You got to learn to understand what your body's asking for, right? Yeah. There's no perfect science to it, right? There's some nights where I sleep four hours, some nights I sleep five. I'm up at 4.15 most days. Sometimes yeah. I sleep till 8.30, right? But that's like every 10 days, I just reset the clock. The point is mm-hmm. we all have the same amount of hours, right? How does Elon Musk send a, a rocket to Mars? Right? right. The guy's working 22 hours a day sometimes, I'm sure, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that happens because he believes in what he believes in. If they believe in their side hustle enough, they'll turn that two hours into six. They'll turn that six into eight. They'll make sure the eight hours they have available, they're focusing on high gain activities. So the second piece that I would say to you, Julie, is what is the 20 percent of things that they do that create 80 percent of the movement? Right. Because if they only have a certain amount of time, what can they focus on? Is it prospecting? Is it knocking on doors? Is it what is it that's getting them to move the needle? Because a lot of times when people only have so much time, they waste the time they have preparing to do the thing. Right. You see this with sales teams all the time. If I have two hours of prospecting time booked each day, I'll spend the first hour and 15 minutes getting prepared to dial. It's like, well, you didn't prospect for two hours, then did you? You just prospected for 20 minutes because then you took a 15-minute break to go pee and then you came back and you hit, the, you hit the phones. You know it when you look at KPIs, right? If I have five sales guys sitting, guys and girls sitting next to each other and these three made 100 calls in two hours and these three made 15 calls, right? The proof is, we call this data, not drama, right? I know my numbers. Like you can't pull the wool over my eyes because I'm looking right at the numbers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think it's so important to remember that if, like you said, if it's important enough to you, you'll find the time, you'll make the time. Because I remember a day and a time when I was commuting three hours a day, and I had to put dinner on the table, I had to get my kids to daycare, I had to work my W-2, I was starting my side hustle, I worked in the morning on my way to work, I would take calls. When I would schedule calls, I'd say I can take a call at 7am when I'm on my hour and a half long ride to work, and then I would take my lunch and I would scarf down my lunch and I would take more calls and I'd be on bigger pockets, networking, getting back to people and making the time, put my kids down and then nine to midnight. It was a hustle. It was a grind. And I was not that person who said, well, how am I going to get this done? I only had two hours. I found the time. And so I think that's such a great reminder because I think a lot of times we tell ourselves this story, going back to what you said earlier, that we only have so much time. You know, I only have two hours. I can't do this in two hours. But if you change the story, like I get two hours. I don't have no hours. I have two hours. And it's like going back to the story you tell yourself is how you're going to get things done and move that like you're talking about. So I love that really quick before I wanted to ask you a little bit about your other side businesses, but really quick, I know you Mm -hmm. said that there's mindset was the first one. What lead us through all of those really quick. I just want to make sure we have it all. Yeah. It's hard to do it really quick. But so the first one is mindset. (laughs) The second one is strategy. 
Okay. We don't have okay. strategies. If you ask somebody about their trip to Mexico, right? Take a one week trip to Mexico, right? Yeah. They know how they're getting to the airport. They know what plane they're flying. They know what seat they're sitting in, right? They know what the hotel they're staying in. They know if they have a poolside view. They know if they have an ocean side view. They know where the bar's at. They know where the restaurant's at. They know when they're snorkeling. They know what day they're going hiking, right? They know everything, right? But you ask somebody, what are your goals this year, right? What do you want to accomplish in life? What do you want for your kids, right? What do you really want? Just a simple question. What do you really want? Nobody has an answer, right? It's gray. It's like this fog rolled in and they're like, holy shit, I never thought about that. And the problem there is, Julie, that they don't spend the time to sit down and think about it. You see, when we want to go on vacation, all of a sudden that's sexy, that's appealing, that's fun, that's interesting. But when we want to plan our life, we don't take 15 minutes to do that. We don't sit down. We don't even talk to our spouse about our goals and dreams, right? We live day in and day out with these people and we don't share what it is that we actually want to do, right? And so this is what's missing with, and by the way, I train people that make a lot of money. I train people that own businesses. I train people who are by all accounts, very successful, And then I sit down and ask these questions and they have a blank stare on their face. Damn, I never thought about that, Joe. I'm so glad I hired you. It's like, it's like, man, like these aren't intense questions, folks, right? This is not difficult stuff. It's stuff that we just don't think about because we're on the mouse wheel all day long, right? So when we take 45 minutes to sit down and talk about it, now all of a sudden it's like, it becomes reality. Like a, like a crystal ball came. It's not that difficult. It's just difficult because we don't spend the time doing it, right? So we have that strategy is number two. Number three is what I call check the toolkit, right? When I went overseas and I had to go build something, there wasn't a Home Depot in the desert. I had to bring everything I needed with me. And here's the thing, us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, W2, side hustle, whatever you have, you have to understand the tools that you have in front of you and what their capacity is for utilization. And when I say tools, I mean your CRM, your software, the people, the team, the systems, everything that you have in your atmosphere. I want to check what you're not utilizing to 100% of its capacity or what's not efficient or effective that we can get rid of. Because what happens in today's world in 2021 is our attention spans about seven seconds long. And I know I'm going fast because I, I know you wanted me to go a little bit faster, but I back stopped in the listening 80s, to you seven seconds ago. So it's okay. You probably did. You probably did. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to even assume your age, but back when I was in the eighties and as, as a kid, we used to watch TV shows and we used to have to sit through the commercials to get back to the TV show right? The, the lead-in for the TV show was like a minute and a half long. And we used to sit through and watch it to get to the TV show, right? Do you know why they don't do that anymore? Do you know why you go on Netflix? The lead-in is like 10 seconds long. If it's that, it's like a bloop, it pops up because they'll lose you in the lead-in, right? We are being advertised to at the speed of light nowadays, 30,000 plus advertisements a day go into your eyeballs, right? And so what happens is in entrepreneur life today, all these tools, systems, CRMs, Everyone's chasing shiny objects. They want the new hotness. They want the push button overnight success. They want the new thing, the shiny object. And so we're so focused on the new next best thing and the new object and the new $50 software that we lose focus of what are we in it for? We're in it to make revenue. We're in it to create systems that work. I ran a business off of a yellow notepad and a pen for a long time before I had a CRM. Some of us have the most advanced CRMs in the world and they're free. And we don't use them because we don't want to log in and press the button. We don't want to type the notes, right? So we have to focus on what the tools that we have at our disposal that we're just not using, maybe because we're lazy is one or two is what happens. A lot of people get the CRM and they do it like a New Year's gym resolution, right? Like two weeks after you get it, you just quit it, right? And so we have to focus on the tools that we have that we can use to our capacity plus what our teams are using. 
right? Making sure our teams have good processes, good systems that they can use consistently instead of jumping from tool to tool to tool. Because that's where lack of efficiency comes in. We keep changing things up constantly. So we have to check our tools. The fourth one is uh, controlling the clock, like I mentioned earlier. And the fifth one is what I call the trifecta. And the trifecta is this. It's a three-part system. Number one is execution, right? Because you can have one through four, right? You can have all those things in alignment. You can have the mindset, the strategy, the toolkit, the clock. You can have all that set up. But if you don't take action, right? And this is great for real estate investors because how many times I was on the phone call about three weeks ago, I had somebody on a discovery call and this woman had a master's degree in real estate. I couldn't even make this up. Master's degree in real estate. She'd been through the Fortune Builders Seminar, 50 grand. She'd done all these things, been through all these people's workshops, coaching things, this and that. I said, it's awesome. How much real estate do you own? She said, none. I said, how's that possible? Never taken action, never pulled the trigger, never bought anything. I'm like, you must have $300,000 invested in your real estate education. You ever bought anything before? She said, no. So execution or lack thereof is a death sentence, right? You have to take a step forward, right? You have to go out there and pull the trigger at some point. You can do all the analysis paralysis in the world, but if you don't start moving forward, take a step in the right direction, you're never going to get what you want in life. But just as important as number two, and that's what we call course correction or pivoting. And you heard that in my story a few times, right? I believe when they say 65% of small businesses in the world fail in the first three years, it's because they're afraid to course correct, right? They set out to do one thing and one thing only and shit hits the fan one day and they're like, I'm not built for this, right? That's not what I do. And they crumble right? The greatest performers in the world learn how to overcome obstacles. They go around them, they go underneath of them, they go over them, they go through them. It doesn't matter. We figure out how to solve problems and go through them. And last but not least in the trifecta is, and I'm sure you guys are aware of this, but it's accountability, right? Who is holding you accountable to reach your goals? Who is making sure to hold your feet to the fire to make sure that you get the success that you deserve? Making sure that you see your true potential through, and making sure your accountability partner is not in alignment with your demise, right? And the analogy I use for that is I used to have a lifting partner, a gym partner years ago that we would meet at the gym at 5 a.m. But if it was like I live in the Northeast, right? And it gets cold and nasty and windy. And I would text him at like 4.15 and be like, oh, man, I'm warm. I'm in my covers. Like, I think we'll skip it today. And he would be like, yeah, yeah, good idea, right? But if I was to pay a coach $100 an hour, like a trainer, dollars an hour. And I sent him that same text. What do you think the result would be? Right. He'd be like, get your ass out of bed because I'm at the gym. Mm -hmm. Either that or you're paying me a hundred bucks an hour anyway. I don't care. Right. That's the kind of accountability I want. I want someone who's in alignment and is going to see the results that I want to see regardless. Right. They're going to force me to become the person I want to become. So that's the trifecta, right? It's execution, course correction and accountability. I love right. it. It's, I how love how you kind of put it together the way that you did, because in our coaching program, we talk a lot about all of these points and we help our coaching clients on all of these points, but really looking at them as a whole, meaning that yeah. one without the other is not really going to get you to unlock the full potential, as you say. It's mm -hmm. why in our program as well, we focus so strongly on mindset. It's like we were saying earlier, the story you tell yourself determines the path that you will or won't take, right? And so, yep. but without that, it's like, 
if you don't take action, you can have the, the right mindset. But at the end of the day, if you don't take the risk and be open to vulnerability, nothing's going to happen, right? So not being able to control the time and all of these things, not learning to leverage tools so that you can reach your fullest potential, I think is big too. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I got to do everything myself. But the truth is you don't have to. There's people who can do it for you or there's tools out there these days that can do so much for you. So really putting all of this together, I think is great. Real quick before we transition. So you run three businesses, one in digital marketing, one in wholesale real estate, and one in self-storage development. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. The real estate side of it and storage kind of goes hand in hand. What is the digital marketing and how did you get into that? That was just an investment I made on the side. So actually, we were talking earlier, Annie, about how to like pivot as a real estate investor and create more opportunities. I'm in buy mode right now as a business investor, right? Recently, more recently, as I start to use my profits from real estate, it's to try to find and buy into businesses. And that's kind of what I do now at this level, right? So none of the businesses am I actively involved in except for the coaching, right? The coaching is the only thing that I do on a day-to-day basis. The other businesses all kind of run themselves. So as an investor now, I'm buying parts or holes of businesses. So that's what I do. Oh gosh. We'll have to bring you on just to talk about that because this is a whole another area investing, right? That I would love to talk about. We were, Annie and I were at a Tony Robbins event. Gosh, I don't even know. It was a couple months ago now. And Keith Cunningham was on there talking about buying businesses. And it was such a great reminder of yet another investment vehicle for people who have some money. Yep. Totally huge, right? And you're buying something that already has a system in place, ideally that's proven, and you're basically taking over. And if you can be an absentee owner, it's basically a money machine is what it becomes. And so we'll have to do a complete other show on that. I'm glad I asked you that question. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the Life and Money Show Spotlight, where we're going to ask you a couple of questions around life and money. So the first question is around your life and money. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? I would say right now, it is uh, purposely and confidently moving forward with designing like my businesses around my lifestyle. It's just making sure that everything I acquire or everything I do is around my day-to-day, making sure that my schedule is paramount. I believe in time freedom is creating the time when you want the time to do the things that you want to do, if that makes any sense, right? So mm-hmm. nothing that I do or none of my businesses control where I need to be at any given time. Yeah. And I can run them from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's something that when I left my job three years ago, I was committed to doing that and have been blessed and lucky to be in this position where we are now, where I'm coming to you from Portland. Next week, I'll be in Seattle and just kind of all around the West Coast for the next six months. So I love that. Totally believe in that as well. All right. Second question is around others' life and money. So what is one life or money hack that you might be able to share with others that can make an impact in their life right now? I'm going to tell you one of my silliest life hacks that I think is one of the most profound (laughs) life hacks. And you might have heard this one before, but I don't care. I'll share it anyway. You have to train yourself to listen to audio on 2X. Right. So what you do is you slowly crank up the speed on audio. More things are doing this, by the way. I think YouTube just started doing this on premium. Audible oh, really? does this. A couple different services have done this. But you start with like 1.25. Give yourself, give your brain like two minutes to acclimate. I promise you, if you go increment by increment, you can get over 2x. Your brain is capable of listening to voice <laughs> way faster than you think. Yeah. 
And you'll yeah. start walking around the house listening to audible books and sounds like chipmunks. And your family is going to be like, you're a lunatic. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to save hours and hours off your life. So this, I know, watch this, Annie, this is something you already do, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. I love it. it. I knew it. I love it. I cannot do, I have tried it and literally is too hectic for me. I'm like, whoa, 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 slow (laughs) down. Just give yourself more time. Just get down to 1.25 and just leave it there. I'm telling you, you got to give yourself more time with it. I love it. I love it. I'm totally going to try again with this new perspective in mind. All right. Last question is around life and money in the world. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? We call it our 360 giving program. So with Legacy, which is our self-storage development company, one thing that I love about the scalability and the size and the volume of business that we're doing is that we're able to give it a much, much bigger clip. And we actually just had this meeting last week with our Legacy team. It's trying to figure out how much, what percentage does it look like and where are we giving? So we develop all over the United States. So we've decided that 50% of everything that we break up for each project is going to go to local community local needs, whatever they look like. And then 50% is going to go to whatever our team wants to give to. And so I was really proud of my team last week. We came up with some really, really cool charities. I tend to go directly to veterans charities because that's what I know and I love and I've been supporting for a decade plus. But these guys came up with some really, really cool charities in-house. So it's exciting because we're actually closing a deal next Tuesday. And I think we're going to be giving over $20,000 to charity from that one deal. So it's exciting to see what the local community is going to want to give that money to. Isn't that the best when you can align all the different parts of your life and have your business be part of your efforts to give back and just make the world a better place? That's incredible. Absolutely. So Joe, tell our listeners, I know you've got a free consult for them. Tell them how they can follow up with you and learn more about all that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. If you found value in what we talked about today and you think it might resonate with you and you might want to go take it a step further, we offer a free discovery call at elevatewithjoe.com. You can go on there. We'll spend 45 minutes on the phone with you. We'll talk a little bit further and see if coaching might be a good fit for you. Fantastic. For all our listeners, we'll have that link for you in the show notes. Joe Evangelisti, host of the Legacy Blueprint podcast, real estate investor, business owner, and high performance coach. Joe, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us and our listeners today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 